depression, lacking the life, than the days of unleavened bread. But the good news is that Jesus came <laughs> to take us out of the unleavened bread days and into new life. So he came to seek and to say and to give you abundant life, to give you a new hope and a new perspective. Now the New Testament is full of models of transformation. People moving from one difficult situation <laughs> to liberty. And I said most of you got a testimony of it before and after, before you came to Jesus and after came to Jesus. I used to do a wee exercise with the kids from the, the youth teams who used to take around the country preaching the gospel, teaching them how to give their testimony. And I would say, well, it's very easy, you know, you, you know your old story you used to go up and say, I didn't go to the pictures, I didn't go to the dancing, I don't square. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that was the kind of limit of my life. <laughs> it tells me not enough biography, it's a reality. And that's used to say, there's three words. The first was before, what happened? Before. And he goes to a story before I was addict, before I was this, and before I was that. Well, my before was different. My before was perfectly happy. I was only 17. I discovered that girls were pretty. Life was wonderful. And it came to Jesus. <laughs> and it became even more wonderful. So whatever state you were in, and then there's the event. What happened? Well, what happened was I was confronted with Jesus as the truth. And I trusted him. And the afterness, behold, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. The difference is how I live today. Now, you've all got that testimony. It's very simple. And the Bible's full of it. People who came from all sorts of walks. I discovered that in Abu Dhabi, it was wonderful with, with the people of all nationalities in their house group. And the wonderful thing is, God was working the same way in their countries as he does here. Saving people, transforming their lives. The leader of the woman had crossed through and touched Jesus' garment. So she was stricken with this infirmity for 12 years. She spent all her money, physicians. She went to the latest con <laughs> consultant, the latest treatment, the new thing. She tried everything. And it says she grew worse. You can manage this one. And she heard about Jesus. And she said, if I could just get through him, if I could just get through and just touch him. <laughs> Touched his garment and you know the rest. The cripple was sitting at the gate of the temple. Peter and John come along to the prayer meeting. They sat at the gate. The Bible says he was carried here every day. That was his lifestyle. People say, how are you getting on the retirement, John? I say, oh, great. I mean, Monday, we, Sunday, we put the bins out. Yeah. What are you living for? Life can be much fuller than that. And this poor man was carried to the, the gate and he sat there begging. That was a lot. And then they couldn't home at night. And he's sitting there begging, and along comes these two disciples going to the prayer meeting. And Peter says to him, look at me. And he looks up, expecting a hand out. And Peter says, I don't make money. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And his life's transformed. <laughs> he's no longer sitting at the gate dependent. Then Peter's trauma. 
just read the Herod slain James with a sword. I'm all going to get Peter. And because it was a feast day, they put him in jail, intended to execute him the next morning. Here's Peter facing execution. <laughs> Wonder thing is, by the way, he went to sleep. He wasn't having to sleep this night. He went to sleep. And the angels came and took him out of prison, took off his shackles, delivered him. Paul and Silas knew days of trauma. Whipped, bleeding, stuck in a cell, beating the stalks, shackles. What did they do? They sang praises to God. <laughs> God shook the building. The reason lepers. Now there's a trauma. Cast out society, ostracized, can't work, no family life. No, no social life, <laughs> an outcast. And they cried to Jesus, if you will, if you will, you can heal us. <laughs> Jesus healed you. Demon possession. You know, we don't think much of that in the West. We think, well, that was for the old days. That was superstitious days. I found it very interesting when I was in Abu Dhabi. The hospital in Abu Dhabi recognized demon depression as an ailment to be treated. And this is a woman in the hospital who was needing prayer. <laughs> and the medical staff freely admitted, yes, yeah, she's demon possessed. <laughs> Jesus spoke to them, cast out the demons and set them free. <coughs> and the person read Bartimaeus is a testimony to the way out, the way of our traumas, the way of our doubts, the way of our afflictions, the way out of the valley. I told he was blind. They don't know how. We don't know if he's born blind, or there was a man who was born blind and 40 years of age and he gets sight back with Peter and John. But no one wanted Bartimaeus whether this was affliction, something that happened to his life, as he was growing up, somebody else's fault, maybe his own folly. We don't know, but we know it's the fact that he was blind. And he was reduced to begging. Sitting by the roadside. And as a boy, I lived in Glasgow. We used to come up to Hugginfield Lock where they were. And there was a really blind man sat at the gate of the Hugginfield Lock with a tinny. And he looked at us over we so, so depressed. And every time Penny tickled and he tackled in his can, he would say, Thank you. Thank you. And he sat there from morning to night. No hope of anything different. No medical cure coming around the corner. That to me is like that. Sitting daily, wrapped in his cloak, waiting for a handout. Begging. 
You know, when you're blind or you lose a sense, your other senses are quickened. He might have been blind, but he wasn't unaware of what was going around. And he catches the hum and the buzz of the crowd. What's, what's going on? What's going on here? Something happening. Yes. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Can you imagine the crowd? It says Jesus came out of Jericho with his disciples and the crowds of people. It was a procession. That means it was a crowd. Spark of hope. Jesus of Nazareth. And he says he calls out. It cries out. Now that's the first step, you know, in deliverance. Cry out. I've had friends who were alcoholics. And the problem was they wouldn't admit it. They wouldn't acknowledge the problem. It sounds like that, you know. It sounds like a disease that corrupts, it kills, it destroys. We don't acknowledge it. <laughs> No, I'm not a sinner. I'm, I'm not any worse than anybody else. I'm better than the Lord. Sin is not a comparison with your neighbor. Sin is not how you compare with your friends. Sin is a relationship with God. Sin is rebellion. I'm not having God rule me. I'm ruling. I'm not going God's way. I'm going my way. And we suffer the consequences. But that means catches it. Jesus and Nazareth. And faith springs up. No. This is not just a wandering nomadic preacher. <laughs> this is the son of David. Faith springs up. This is the son of God. And it cries out, Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. Hey, I can't see him. Doesn't know how far he is away from or how near he is. But he knows he's got to get through to him. Jesus! Have mercy on me. And the crowd says, shh. Roger reached. He's too busy. Look at the crowd around. Yeah, just no time for you. Lord, you're Don't be put off by public opinion. <laughs> Don't be put off by the part of people say, oh, Lord, you're It's all hard. Doesn't work. It's not for you. Bottom is when. He pressed through. It says he cried all the more. Jesus! The wonderful thing is that Jesus hears. It says Jesus stood still. Jesus isn't phased by the crowds or his business. He's always willing to be interrupted. Never too busy to hear a cry. Then the crowd and they're pressing them hard. They say, Shh, who touched me? Who touched me?
Then the crowd, here's a crash. Someone's calling. Someone's calling. Jesus' ear is always open to the cry they need him. Another thing is, <laughs> that to me is called to Jesus. Jesus was tongues to call. Huh? Jesus called him. Cry to Jesus. You'll never get an engaged signal. You'll never find he's not at home. You'll return the call. Not only return the way, they sent comfort. They came to the that message. It's all right, hold your peace. Be comforted. He's calling you. He's calling you. Just as he's calling you. How long has he been calling? How long has he been nagging? How long have you been saying, I must get right to God? I'm going to get right to God. Oh, this morning, he did call an answer. <coughs> Jesus calls and invites. And immediately, he says, Martha, he has cast off his cloak. That's the second thing you need. Calling him, cast off the old. You need to cast off a pride. Yeah? What will people think if I come? What will people say? How will I manage? That was my question when I got saved. Standing in front of the gaffers out in the workshop with David. David said, you're not saved yet. I said, oh, David, I'd love to. I don't like to keep up. I see the torment you get. And he took out his Bible and he joined one in 12. Listen, to as many as receive that. And then he gives the power become a child of God. We've got three kids. And <laughs> they're no kids any longer. But when they were born, we didn't leave them in somebody's doorstep. They were ours. Our children. Our concern. Our care. Our burden. Our joy. When you become a child of God, you become his. You become his. He keeps you. He loves you. He cares for you. He overlooks you. You're his. Cast off his cloak of pride. His cloak. It's the only thing you have, eh? Security. <laughs> and they left it behind. The secret of his new life is to abandon the old. And Jesus called them to the disciples as they left their boats <laughs> and they left their nets and they followed him. No man can serve two masters. They loved one, they hate the other. 
you come for the new life, you discard the old. What a grace, eh? What a grace. Jesus has compassion. Let him through. Let him through. What do you want me to do for you? And he asked for a miracle. <laughs> no small thing. Lord, I want my sight back. You can have a miracle this morning. Biggest miracle of all is conversion. Any man being Christ is a new creature. The old things passed away. <laughs> all things become new. Delivered from addiction. Delivered from sin. Delivered from guilt. Delivered from your past. Delivered. A nice brand new sheep. Come unto me. My yoke is easy. My button's light. And I'll give you the best. Bartimaeus received a sight and became a Christian and a follower of Jesus. The call, the cast off, they came and he continued. He continued. How did the disciples know his name? Matthew's version says there were two blind men. Unnamed. It says, Matthew's continued to follow Jesus. He was in the fellowship. <laughs> they knew him. He had a testimony. Perhaps you had a testimony. Perhaps you backslid a bit. Slipped back into the unleavened bread waste. Paul says, you know, cast off that unleavened bread. Get rid of it. And get a new badge, a new lump. Maybe you run well once. Like the seed that fell into the ground, <laughs> cares of the world came up, choked it, choked it, choked it. It can spring up to new life again this morning. We are supposed to live in the lump, <laughs> not be the lump. Rejoice. It's as if we have sinned with an advocate. Jesus, the righteous. If we confess our faults and sins, he will forgive and justify us before God. Jesus loves it. He loved you before you loved him. <laughs> he loved you while you were yet a sinner. He still loves you. Reveals over you. Longs for you. He calls you the travail of his soul. 
And like the angels of heaven, they're rejoicing when you repent and come back to it. So let me be a half of Jesus this morning. I'm waiting to come back to Jesus. Cast off your shackles. You'll hear your cry. His ear is always open. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Because said, even if we deny you, Lord, you can't deny yourself. We thank you, Lord, this morning for reaching out to us afresh, confirming your love for us, calling us, demonstrating your care for us, comforting us, Lord, with the expectation of your safety. We bless you, Lord. We bless you for your ready ear, your heart of compassion, your unfailing love. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.